Hi, and welcome to the Unconventionalist Podcast. I'm your host, Mark DeRoost, and today I've got a very special guest, Dan Keeley. But before I jump into Dan's story, I just want to take a moment to express two of the most powerful words that I could share with you right now, and that's thank you. I know that it sounds a bit strange, but the truth is, some of you have been reaching out to me and sending me messages or emails or Instagram or what have you to let me know how the podcast has had an impact on your life and, and how you've benefited from listening to the show and what you've enjoyed about the show. And I can't say this enough, that every single time I get a message or a note or a comment from someone who's actively listening and who takes the time to let me know that you're enjoying the show, it is just absolute music to my ears. It's balm to my soul. It's something that just reminds me of what I'm doing matters. I know it sounds almost strange, but the truth is, this can be a very lonely path. And I know that if you're on the entrepreneurial journey, if you're trying to start your business or start your movement or or try and do something with your life, it can really feel lonely at times because you're doing your best, you're putting all your heart and soul into it. And sometimes it just takes a little longer than you'd like for the efforts to come back. And I just want to sort of mirror that back to you because it's very much the same for me. You know, I wrote an article called We Need to Set the Record Straight. You can check it out on my Medium uh, profile. And, you know, in it, I talk about how the fact I made like minimum wage and like the first year and so forth. But the truth is, I kind of looked at it the wrong way. And instead of looking at my impact as a success, I was looking at my bank account as my definition of success, which was my old patterns, my old habits from back when I used to work in a job. And so, I've kind of had to unlearn those. And that's that's going to be a whole different episode. I'm going to do a solo round just to talk about that because I think it's a fascinating aspect of the journey. Um, but I just want to take a time to say thanks because I won't be able to list everybody here today, but I just, just want to say thanks. Well, it's actually especially thanks to Mary Walsh. I don't, I don't know if you're listening to this, but you know, Mary tagged me on Instagram, one of her posts, and then she reached out to me by an email. And it was just this perfect moment where I was kind of in one of those, you know, those one of those dark moments when you're kind of going like, you know, what's the point of doing this business and, you know, is anybody actually, you know, benefiting from this? Am I helping anyone, you know? And I got an email just out of the blue from from Mary and telling me just how much she enjoyed the podcast and it just put a big smile on my face and kind of gave me a bit more wind in my sails and, and you know, and weirdly over the last, I guess, few weeks maybe, I've had a bunch of people reach out to me, which doesn't usually happen that much, but so, you know, some of the names are like Gautier, Adam, Paul, Raquel, Meg, Dan... Caroline, Dinny, just to name a few, or just a few. Um, it's just been great to hear from all of you. So please, if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, then let me know what you enjoy most about the show. You can get in touch with me in so many different ways. You can go on Facebook, you can go on Instagram, on Twitter, by email, on my website. It doesn't matter what medium you choose. You know, you can tag me in one of your posts. You can let me know what you get out of this. And it's just an amazing reminder that the work that we do matters because someone out there is... Uh, guess impacted by it or is benefiting something from it so you know i just want to take a few minutes to say a huge thank you for that and i just want you to know that i do not take it for granted whatsoever I've got some exciting news i'll be announcing in the next few weeks uh also the impact accelerator that i started back in april is going to come to an end on the 20th of june it's been such a phenomenal journey of taking this tribe this process of learning how to craft your story how to build your personal brand how to scale your impact and how to be effectively starting to be recognized as a thought leader in your field. And it's just been this unbelievable experience. I'm going to be launching round two of this Impact Accelerator in the coming months. So make sure to check that out. It's going to be over on my website. But stay tuned. I'll be announcing it in this podcast first and foremost. So just to say thanks for listening to the show. 
So back to today's guest. And it's so amazing because today is a beautiful sunny day. It's really warm outside. And so it's just appropriate that I would share today's guest, who when we recorded this episode, it was one of the hottest days of the year. Um, if you haven't met Dan Keeley yet, then you're definitely going to hear about this man and you're most likely will fall in love with his story after this episode. Now, the backstory of Dan is that actually on the 18th of September 2016, he reached out to me and, and t- kind of talked about his project that he had about, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, raising awareness about, you know, being bipolar and mental health. And I'm going to be doing this epic run from Rome to home in 2017, you know, as, as an experience just to sort of share my, my story. And I remember going, yeah, also, you know, keep me posted. And he was, Dan has always been like a massive advocate of the podcast and sharing it online and just reaching out to me. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, when you get closer, get back to me, come back to me. And, and he did. And so I had the massive honor of sitting down with Dan. He came over, you know, he literally brought some some delicious, I think it was like, I don't know, some like kind of raw banana cake or something. It was just really nice, amazing. Literally broke bread, you know, shared his story openly on the podcast. And it's just unbelievable to hear what he's kind of been through. Just to give you like a little bit of a synopsis, in the summer of 2012, Dan experienced a full-blown manic episode, which basically made him believe that he was the chosen one and got almost semi-naked, ran on the motorway in Italy. And you're going to hear all about it in this episode and how it took him three years to then get over that through hospitals and medication and understanding that actually, you know, being bipolar had its uh, sort of tricky roads to, to navigate. And and he's been a massive advocate of mental health and trying to, trying to speak about it. One of the quotes he said, which really moved me that I read online, which, you know, if I can reduce the number of guys taking their own lives, then I'll consider that a good day. And so with that in mind, on August 25th, Dan is going to be running from Rome to home, which I believe is just outside of London. And that's going to be 1,250 miles to raise awareness around depression, mental health issues, and bipolar, and so forth. And I know that he's teaming up with the charity Calm, uh, the campaign against living miserably, and his goal is to fundraise at least 12,000 pounds, I believe. Uh, and it's just an incredible story. He's going to tell you about how he managed to basically turn his mess into his message. You know, that's that's the kind of the big the big topic of today's episode. And if you want to find out more about you know, Dan and his work, make sure to go and check him out on RomeToHome.com. But there's also more resources that we share in today's episode. And this is a beautiful reminder that sometimes we can feel really ashamed and almost have a little bit of stigma around something we're going through. And so many other people are going through that too. And sometimes we need someone to kind of show us the way that it's okay to talk about it, to open about it. You know, the Heads Together campaign from the Royal Family, I think doing some phenomenal job around raising awareness on mental health issues. And there's so many great campaigns out there from the November Foundation. You've heard me talk about them a lot, um, mine and so forth. So I just want you to strap on your headphones or listen to these on your speaker and give your love and attention to Dan because it's an incredible story that he shares with us today. And, you know, I'd love for you to go and share, share some love with Dan. You can do that over on Twitter at I am Dan Keeley. And uh, if you want to tag me in there, that'd be amazing. I'd always love to hear where you're listening this from. So if you can let me know if you're listening this from your coffee shop, your bedroom, you know, I know Victoria, you kind of let me know that you don't want to tag this and you're listening to the bedroom. But I love that. It's just, I find that amazing. Wherever you are, it's fine. You don't need to be epic. It doesn't need to be somewhere amazing, you know, high in the Himalayas. If you are, that's really cool. Um, but I just want to say a big, big th- thank you uh, for Dan for coming over on the show and sharing his story. So, without further ado, I give you the one and only Dan Keeley. 
Dan, welcome to the show. Yeah, Mark, thanks so much for being here, man. <laughs> it was the hottest day of the year so far, right? Yeah, and we're outside. We just decided to go and, and hang out in, in, in a bit of uh, fresh fresh air. And, uh, you know, and I'm so honored to have you today, uh, Dan, because um, we were just talking briefly before getting on the mics, and we said, okay, let's stop the conversation. Let's jump and, and get on the tape. Talking about how we got to connect and how we met. And... Um, and you sent me a message, and it was a yeah, you're right. It was a Twitter message, right? It was, yeah. Um, telling me that you downloaded the show, and you were like, "Oh, it reminds me of Lewis Howes' mm. show." And I was like, "Yeah, that was like an inspiration when I started my podcast and stuff." Um, how the hell did you come across the Unconventionalist podcast? Oh man, well I'm actually a bit of a minimalist, which means I'm quite picky. Yeah, and so I've got a long commute to work, and uh, you know, podcasts are my world. I freaking love them. I've been listening to Lewis for the past two years, and then uh, I think yours just came up in a top chart, like a recommended new podcast at the time. Unconventionalist sounded freaking awesome. It's <laughs> right, right up my street. And uh, I think within 10 minutes of listening to you, I had to pull over, send you a tweet. I was like, Mark, you've got to connect, man. Honestly, you need to get me on the show. So, yeah. Yeah. And I remember we talked about, I was like, when are you doing your thing? And, you know, get back in touch with me closer to the time when you're, when you're, when you're getting ready to sort of gear up to this, towards this adventure. And, and this is why you're here today. We're going to talk about this incredible story of how you came to decide that this year in August, 2017, you're going to go to the Colosseum in Rome, you're going to face north, and you're going to run home. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing not too far from here at the London Eye. Can't freaking wait. Three months today. Yeah. Three months today before I start. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. So um, let's just rewind a little bit back for people listening here and who may have not had come across your story yet. And no doubt they are going to hear way more about you, and I really hope they do. Um, so take me back to 2012, to uh, a moment in your life which you were in a very different state than you are today. Mm -hmm. And something happened. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, a lot happened, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah 2012. Let's, let's do it. Let's go there. So uh, if we can go to January 2012. Yeah, sure. I just started a new position for this shit hot charity. One of the, the UK's leading lifestyle sports charities that uses snow sports to, to change the lives of inner city young people. Yeah. And having qualified as a ski instructor previously and having a background in sports development, I was like, shit, man, I've arrived. Yeah. You know, got the position. You've done it. Yeah, right? You made it. So day one, that's how it felt. I felt like, oh, I crossed the finish line. I've made it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have this incredible impact for the charity. And it's like, hey, you know, why stop there? You know, imagine if I'm going to have this impact, why can't I apply that to society? And then if I'm going to, you know. The world. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. So, um, so I started the job in uh, January 2012. And then... I started uh, just not looking after myself. It's almost like my foot started to uh, be applied to the accelerator more than uh, I guess I was controlling. And uh, I just couldn't, uh, yeah, take my foot off the gas. And so all these like, ideas and this dopamine and this adrenaline just started sort of gradually increasing through my body. I wasn't really sleeping. I wasn't really eating. And, uh, you know, th these ideas were just getting to a point where it's like, if I didn't get them and out... And this, this was unusual for you? Was it? Was this uh, something yeah. that... Was it, this is one a normal state that you've been before, maybe... No. You know, yeah, it was no. like... Yeah. Yeah, so so I guess growing up, you know, I've always been that passionate, enthusiastic, sure. you know, first to training, last one to leave. Yeah, yeah. Really positive guy. I've always kind of prided myself on that. But this was uh, a bit of a different You were like level. a competitive lacrosse player. I was. University. Yeah, I yeah. was. I was National a, player. I was, yeah, I was Forrest Gump -esque, but I just, like, <laughs> I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows about lacrosse. My job was solely to get on the field, slalom the midfield, give it to an attack guy and get off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do not shoot down. That's not your job. Yeah, I could run that like the wind blows. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so, 
yeah, the, my my mood was escalating, and uh, you know, everybody around me just thought, "Wow, Dan's on it." Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't so much a massive mood change. It was just that people were noticing that I was perhaps just yeah just taking it up a gear you know okay but it was it was more intense more yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, a bit more intense i just wanted to get out there i felt like the world wasn't really keeping up with my ideas Mm. i felt like there's so much suffering going on out there and i've got the answers i feel like i can do something about it now and so and so that just continued and it was escalating and escalating and escalating and then to cut to the the sweet stuff i guess we we got to uh june 2012 and we booked this two-week holiday to Italy with my uh, with my fiance at the time, and everyone was saying, "Dan, just go on holiday, switch off, yeah, turn off your phone." Yeah, you clearly need it. It's like yeah. you look like you're going to burn out, right? Yeah, but I couldn't. My mm. foot was glued to the floor. My mm. with the accelerating analogy, yeah. I was, I just couldn't take my foot off the gas. And uh, on the way out, um, I started having these kind of grandiose delusions almost uh, i started believing i was genuinely the next mark zuckerberg and the yeah. next steve jobs um I'll tell you what guys mark's actually looking at a book i brought with me uh, it, uh, i actually um got to a point in italy as well where i believed i'd written the new age bible fit for 2012 yeah. and uh, we can go back to the book but basically i brought it along with me to show mark so we, we can come back to this but yeah so you know i just started having these ideas so i, I wrote this new age bible that was just going to simplify the world and show people how to slow down and follow their hearts and all this stuff um, you know, I was going up to people in the airport saying, you're going to be on my team. You're going to know about me. Uh, you know, all, all, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, and basically when we were out there, you know, the, the warning signs were all going off. You know, Georgie calls my family. They actually fly out from uh, from the UK. And so so th- there was th- just just to put it for a second. I, yeah. I, you know, I heard like, you thought you were the chosen one. I did. Yeah. So how, how did how did like I know it's I don't know if it's um, simple to go back and recall at that time. Right. But mm. like so. Was it a question of like you were seeing the world through different eyes and you kind of going like, I need to be, I need to do something. I'm on a mission. There's something that, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's meant to do this. It's, it's upon me. Mm. What did you mean by the choosing one? I think you've um, articulated that mm. perfectly, actually. Mm. Um, you know, there wasn't this, there wasn't this uh, chosen, this delusion. I had this vision of somebody in front of me saying, you're the one who's here yeah. to slow the world down. Yeah. But it's just this innate sense of, clarity and purpose that mm. i felt just came over me that i was actually the one that was to, meant to help who, and, was, and who was here to yeah. show the world how to slow down wow follow their hearts yeah and all this stuff so and, and at this time you're not slowing down hell no yeah no i was giving away all my possessions i was i bought a bottle of wine for every host every room in the hotel we were staying in okay there was this dried out fountain outside that i customized because it was i wanted to create this perfect space honestly Mike, like yeah. it was just these crazy experiences yeah um, and, and, so yeah, and your girlfriend's with you, or like the mm. fiance at the time is with you. Yeah. And she's recognizing that this behavior is perhaps abnormal yeah. compared to usual. And she reaches out to your family. Yeah. God yeah. bless her. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful, obviously, to have her in my life. Yeah. And she did. She calls her mother out. She flies out. She calls my mother out. He's in holiday in Portugal at the time. She flies out. And so we had to, Georgie recognized we had to get myself to a hospital. Mm. But I was the only one insured on the car, right? So we're we're it's a two-hour drive to the specialist psychiatric hospital where we got mm. told to go to. Yeah. And on the way there, I was going to explode if I didn't start impacting the world right now. Mm. And so we're driving along. You know, it's a two-hour drive, and we get on this motorway, mm. and I had to do this now. Yeah. And so we pull over on the hard shoulder, 
Uh, Georgie tries to contain me. The the door the, the car doors are locked, but I managed to get out, and so I'm basically running down the hard shoulder. Mm. And then my hands are up. I'm pretty much stripping down just to my khaki shorts. I'm slowing down the slow lane. Hands up in the air, the middle lane, fast lane. And there I was. I stood in the middle of the major motorway mm. at 5 p.m. rush mm. hour on a Friday in northern Italy, backing up the traffic for like five ten miles because. I needed to try and slow the world down. Yeah. I had so much conviction that I was the one to do that. And can you rem- can you remember that oh, happening? Oh like yeah, yeah. Oh. Can you remember like yeah, yeah. And um, there, there is a bit of a precursor with this. I don't want anybody thinking that this is a positive experience because it got catastrophic. Mm. You know, it, it felt incredible at the time. I can't deny that. It was almost like Red Bull was pumping through my veins. Every single one of my senses was on you know just on a different level everything yeah. my sight my hearing my feelings everything you're like i'm super clear i'm super clear what i want to do uh-huh yeah 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 and so i remember everything yeah absolutely everything yeah yeah it Every wasn't like you had an outer body experience that you blacked out that you kind of got i don't know what happened guys you know no. i'm really sorry yeah yeah no okay so that must have been really weird though because you must have been going i'm feeling this thing that i'm feeling and this is clearly not normal and yet it feels right it feels mm-hmm. normal mm-hmm. um and so what happened then did so yeah, so uh, I was never arrested, but uh, the police officers show up and they're like, you know, what's this guy on? Is he on crack yeah. or what? Uh, yeah, of <laughs> course, know, yeah. Yeah, you know, the only thing it's like, is, is it be, has he been smoking? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Georgie was like, no, I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going on. You know, the ambulance is there. They stick me in the back of the ambulance. It's a half hour drive to the hospital. And when I got there, they pretty much just locked me in a room and just started the process of pumping me full of um, these really heavy dosages you know, different drugs and hmm. just to make me slow down and eat and sleep and yeah. eat and sleep and then that starts kind of the second part of this story i guess yeah, yeah there's and, and and before we get into the second part so i just want to sort of i know i know i may be kind of like slowing down about the story please but do, i think yeah. it's i think there are people and i know personally someone um you know i've got a friend who, who has a, actually it's it's fascinating because hearing your story and and listening a bit more about what you've been speaking about i'm like wow that's exactly what happened mm. you know to my friend and um and so for 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 were you in pain when this was happening were you in some kind of emotional or physical pain no yeah no, no. uh i guess i guess there could have been a sense of i don't know proving something to the world sure. perhaps yeah no, I've never, never kind yeah. of associated with pain. Not yeah. at the time. I actually felt kind of. I was very elated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the p- other people around you who were in pain, watching <laughs> this and feeling like that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you're. So they're then uh, pumping effectively drugs into mm-hmm. your system so that you can slow down, eat some food, sleep, yeah. and repeat mm-hmm. up until necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the massive come down. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's th- that's the interesting part, right? Because imagine waking up um, or imagine waking up today, you guys listening to this and believing, genuinely believing that you've got all the answers and you've got so much conviction in mm. every atom of your being. Yeah. You know, you've got so much confidence um, and you've got so much to give to the world and you want, you know, you want to deliver that. Yeah. And then imagine, uh, m- imagine waking up the next day and having zero conviction. Yeah in you mm. with what you represent mm-hmm. the words that are leaving your lips mm-hmm. everything nothing you know so you so so that started to really kick in and you know if i didn't if i didn't believe my thoughts i couldn't trust my thoughts anymore mm. so i couldn't trust the words that were leaving my mouth and mm. i couldn't trust my actions and that just started manifesting yeah. and i went into a really crippling uh depression for pretty much six months and uh it was a really dark time and um i didn't want to be here Mark. yeah 
I just didn't want to be here, you know. Yeah, and and you know, you speak about you stop believing in in yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you spoke about this, and I heard you talk about this about, um, yeah, you wanted to take your life. You don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, would th- would you say that that was like the lowest point in of the journey? <laughs> Interestingly, no, it wasn't mm. in a really weird way. Looking back now, mm. you know, there were the days where I w- where I was considering ending my life. Mm-hmm. There were those days, but uh, the it's really hard to explain this, but immediately after the manic episode, mm-hmm. I was still feeling, even though I was super, super sad and didn't want to be here, I was still feeling. Mm. But after a, a month of, you know, I shouldn't, I should have explained, I was in psychiatric wards for, yeah. you know, pretty in much. In Italy, right? Yeah, in Italy and the UK. Because then some British nurse came right. to get you. That's right. Like this incredible story yeah, of how they came to get yeah, you. Yeah, you've done your homework, my <laughs> man. Yeah, so two British nurses, they had to fly out, bring me home, and uh, yeah. then they put me in the, the Maudsley in South London. Yeah. And you uh, remember all this? Yeah, I do, I do, okay. I do. And, uh, but at that time, I was still feeling, you know, even though it was sadness, sure. des- desperate sadness, sure. I still felt alive in a funny yeah. sort of way, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. However, when I come out, came out of the psychiatric hospitals, I'm, I'm not working anymore. You know, yeah. I'm just literally pretty much lying in bed every single day. Yeah. And I don't know whether it was this one particular type of medication I was being given or just the situation I was in, but I, I just went into a state of limbo Yeah. where I couldn't feel. Yeah. And that went on for far too long. Probably yeah. there was a good sort of three week stretch where I couldn't feel Mark. I couldn't cry. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't yeah. smile. I couldn't giggle. Mm. Uh, you know, I couldn't show sadness in a weird sort of way. Numb? Completely. Yeah. And and so what stopped you from taking your life? People around me. Yeah. My younger siblings. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all about the people. It's all sure. about the people. And I've actually got a really emotive <laughs> connection with my uh, my little cousin. Mm. You know, she's 21 years younger than me. But at the time, she was sort of the oldest, youngest sibling. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Because you um, were like 27, 28? I was 27 at the time. Yeah, yeah. 27. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, so it is all about the people. You know, obviously yeah. that stopped me from, from you know, doing Could the worst. Yeah, yeah. Well, mixed with a whole heap of things, really. Obviously, I've uh, explained, you know, my background has been very yeah. sports-based. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that you appreciate sort of the whole minimalist movement as well, yeah. Mark. But at that time, I did discover the minimalist movement. And that actually came about as a consequence of that space I was in. This one particular day when I was completely numb, I was in that space. I, I just, uh, you know, I got given the task just to go to the supermarket that day and just bear with me here, but just to literally pick up a loaf of bread and some cereal. Yeah. And so I thought, hey, I can do this. So, you yeah, know, snooze, 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 2 p.m., 3 p.m., okay, I can do this. Go out to the supermarket, I pick up the bread, that's fine. I go down the cereal aisle and my body was in shock. I was completely overwhelmed with all this choice and mm. color and it was almost mm. like, the ad, you know, just everything. Information overload. Exactly. Kind of, yeah. so, so from that day forward, I started this really cathartic process of just stripping everything back to the bare basics. What really matters most yeah. It's the people, it's my health, it's mm. relationships. Mm. Um, in time, yeah, it's my personal growth and ultimately, you know, I'm a massive uh, advocate of con- contributing yeah. uh, to others. So it's a whole mix of things, but obviously it's the people that... Yeah, and it's interesting, right? Because you said that before the, the, the manic episode, you were giving away all your possessions mm. and it's interesting because uh, i don't know if you got around to listening to my interview with, with johnny benjamin but i asked him like what was one of the signs that you look out for for people who are about to go through like you know a difficult phase and he says well there's lots of different ones but one of them was people give away all their possessions mm. um and then you went through the same process but for probably different reasons yeah of giving away stuff to kind of is it almost like to free yourself is there something about like to sort of 
liberate yourself from or free yourself or create space? I mean, what, 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 would, what would you sort of put yeah, it down to? I, th- I guess in some sense, it's almost like um, stepping into the lightness. You know, I think on a yeah. daily basis, you know, there's the, there's the heavy things we've got to deal with and there's the really attractive light options that you can step towards in life. And yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit hard to kind of uh, articulate that. But I guess it's that sense of stepping into the easy wins, the light stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. But um, ultimately, I think if, uh, you know, the less... Uh, burdens that you've got the less anchors and burdens that you have in your life the bigger capacity you have to love and to yeah. care and give back yeah. and all that stuff so yeah. you know that just that was just my truth at yeah. the time and so when at what point did um did doctors or, or professionals i guess i don't know who really diagnosed you but uh, and told like you know you're bipolar yeah no it was in the Maudsley so when I got back to the UK I was yeah. in there for a good two weeks and yeah. it was towards the end of that yeah, yeah. do you remember when the first person told you that yeah okay. I, I did and uh, in some sense it gave you a bit of strength in a weird sort mm. of way because at least you know what you're dealing with and huh. it's like okay I can use this and yeah. uh, I don't want to skip to the end of the podcast Mark but yeah. I think you might ask me uh, you know three truths <laughs> 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 tends to be a theme and uh, if you don't mind me ticking off one of those right yeah, now yeah sure man. You know, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll come up with another question please. trust me <laughs> <laughs> the billboard one yeah <laughs> shit that's the problem you have to be people who like genuinely listen to your show yeah listen to the they show they know your tricks I'll come up with something don't worry um, so I'm a massive believer that when suffering seizes no when suffering finds meaning it, it can cease to become suffering mm. so when you can find meaning in your suffering mm. it can almost cease to become that's suffering true. yeah 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 there's um, a real healing process to yeah. finding meaning to pain yeah so to answer your question yeah. you were given the diagnosis I was like okay Let's, no. do, let's do something with this. Now I know what this is. Mm-hmm. Okay, and had you heard anything about bipolar? Hell no. no. Yeah. No, I did actually suspect that I was on okay. the way. There was a couple of stag dudes where I was a bit elated and my mate's like, what, what did you, you know, disappeared for an hour and ran, whatever, just all this, d- d- these different Looking back at it now, yeah, it's kind of like, that makes sense, yeah. but back then it was a little bit out, yeah, weird or, yeah. yeah. Even when I started at university, you know, there was just, you know, I just absolutely hit it the same, you know, I just yeah. absolutely went for it and knackered myself out and fell into a, a smaller state of depression uh, towards the end of my first term at university. But it was kind of mild, you know, okay. and I just kind of brushed it under the carpet. And, you know, uh, I think I explained my personality. Everyone just saw me as this passionate, enthusiastic person. Sure. So, lo- yeah, looking back, yeah. Uh, are definitely signs. But so there's there's something that also stood out for me is that you said that for about three years, they were trying to find the right combination of cocktail mm. and medication, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't really working at first. Mm-hmm. And it took you a little while to find what worked for you. Yeah. Um, that must have been really tough as well because you must have been going like, I'm not feeling this stuff mm-hmm. that you're giving me. And, and uh, was there a fear of a relapse? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there still is. Yeah. There still is. As I'm talking to you today and as we talk about the adventure, yeah, that fear is always there. Yeah. But we can talk about how I manage my yeah. condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, remind me of the question. Yeah, so, so uh, it's more about like in terms of um, when you were going through this and you, for three years you didn't have the right medication yeah. that was working and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm speaking to... Um, someone who's listening to this, right, and maybe they've got a family member that's going through the same thing that you experienced, or someone who actually experienced the exact same thing as you, who mm-hmm. had this kind of, I don't know what the epi- like the manic episode probably is, you know, the term that you used. Is, yeah. I've, I've heard a manic episode and kind of had this moments of, I've, you know, it's it's fascinating. When I, hear, when I hear you speak, I'm like, yeah, my friend was exactly very, very similar thing. It was about like complete clarity, mm. complete, like, you know, manic state. And um, as a result, had to go to hospital to get some professional help and has now been diagnosed as bipolar. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's this incredible reflection of the ex- of the same story that you're saying. And so what would you like to tell this person who's at the very beginning of, of, of their journey um, when it comes down to, to having been diagnosed as bipolar, looking back and, and being in that numbness, in mm-hmm. that state of chill, trying to figure out what the right medication is, what would you want to tell them? I think within your question, 
within the past the last 10 seconds of your question there you've actually covered for me what was a three-year mm. period mm. so it's is I, I almost have to speak to that person at different sure. stages yeah okay I guess. cool um so which one do you want to start <laughs> yeah i think with uh let's go let's go with the medication that's yeah. almost an okay. easier one guys it takes time yeah it takes time your mood is going to change over the, your recovery period and those those professionals they're doing the best they can for you mm. so just bear with it mm. and just try and listen to them because they do know what mm. they're talking about mm. it takes time it took me three years to find the right medication that works for me and i'm still on that medication on a daily basis every evening and take the same dose it took yeah. me three years to to uh to get to that point mark so just bear with that yeah trust the professionals yeah it's really hard to speak to somebody who's on the way up entering a manic episode it really is mm. Uh, that's when I need to reach out to the family members and friends and anybody listening to this if you suspect that you know one of your friends or closest loved ones is their moods escalating you know there's some weird kind of weird things going on maybe they are giving away their possessions or mm. you know just spending money they don't have or <laughs> taking their clothes off running down the road yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know just keep an eye on your mates guys because yeah. at that point it's all about the, the friends and family you know, yeah. I think anybody entering a manic state you know we've all seen Homeland with Carrie you know mm. you, she enters that episode there's nothing she can actively do to slow herself down yeah her foot is stuck on the accelerator so yeah. do the do the best you can for your loved ones when they're in that position if you're entering that depressive state um i guess this is what rome to home is all about mm. is uh you've got to try to get to a point where you can start opening up about how you're genuinely feeling yeah and it's really hard to do that, isn't mm. it? I mean, you know, especially for guys, I think, out there. Mm. You know, we can get into the whole, yeah. you know, uh, why guys don't speak so much in a second. But, sure. you know, I think, um, you know, it wasn't until I started really speaking to my friends and my family when I was in that depressed state that I actually started to, you know, rally my dream team around me. Hmm. And Mark, have you seen Disney Pixar's Cars? I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. I haven't actually, to oh be honest. God. I know, I know. When <laughs> I, I do know, I should have, because my nephew's watched it, uh, I don't know how many times. Yeah, I bet I've watched um, it more times than he has. How old's your nephew? Seven. Awesome, yeah. I, bet, I bet I have. We can have a, a Cars <laughs> off. So, so just on that, the reason I freaking love Disney Pixar's Cars is that Lightning McQueen, right? And you can see the analogies here. So he's a rookie racing car. Open, the opening credits are, I am speed. That's his mantra, yeah. right? He goes out there, he's a rookie. He's trying to do it all himself. He barely stops with fuel, barely stops to change his tires, <laughs> all this stuff. And then he gets lost. There's this showdown race in a week's time in California. And on the way to the race, he gets lost. And I'm not going to spoil the film for anyone. Yeah. But ultimately, he gets forced to slow down. Mm. Listen to people around him. Mm. And build his dream team around him. And, and actually, what's interesting about the film is, is that they actually rally around him for him to go on to live his legend. Mm. so it's an incredible film man i'm not in pixar yeah <laughs> there you go you're the you're not the original uh, what's the name of the car lightning mcqueen lightning mcqueen <laughs> <laughs> dan lightning mcqueen yeah yeah i love, I love that i love that story yeah, um so so yeah let's let's turn about like you know turn your pain into your purpose mm. and your mess into your message you yeah know? I, I really i really i really love that concept and you so you decided this is i remember way back when you sort of first reached out to me mm. and you're talking about this this idea so you decided mm. to um run from Rome to home, um, which is 1,250 miles long. Uh, how long, by the way, are you expecting it to take 65 you? 65 days. 65 days, uh -huh. running every day? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> absolutely not. 
Guys, um, Mark, Mark told me you went for a run this morning. Yeah, how, how yeah. was your run this morning? Mark? It was horrible. So, <laughs> you know what happened? So I saw. So basically, I saw one of your videos. I think on Twitter where you kind of show that you ran the last leg. You know, you kind of do the recon. Yeah, the home leg. Yeah, yeah the home leg. That was it. And I saw you ran for like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'll do 10% of that if I'm lucky. <laughs> and so I went out for a run for 25 minutes and I literally thought I was going to die. It was so bad. Um, so, But I wanted to be able to go, so yeah, I try to go for a run, Dan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so tell us a bit like, I guess briefly, how did you come up with the idea and what does this project mean to you? Yeah, great question. I really appreciate that question, actually. You know, it's a, it's a powerful one and it's an, it's an emotive one. So. Mm. I love this. Um, so the the backstory is is that my first graduate job actually I was uh, I was uh, I spent two years as a researcher researching sports facilities across the UK. We spent we spent eight hours a day on Google Earth, and so in between that's how you got the whole technology. I, yeah, I, I was like that was an amazing video, dude. Yeah, flyover, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, on Google Earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a pro guy. Anybody needs a Google Earth video? If it's I'll put in the show, I'll put in the show notes yeah, of this episode. But you've got to see the journey because mm. you actually did this map thing where it goes into the Coliseum yeah, and then it maps out and it goes up to the yeah yeah spine. It's like a drone, isn't it? It's almost like a drone flying yeah. over the whole yeah, route, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> so my first graduate job, I was uh, spending a lot of time on Google Earth, and uh, in between researching sports facilities, I'd be zooming out and thinking, "Wow, this Earth is just one big playground." <laughs> you know, so I started thinking, "Oh, maybe I could take on an adventure one day." So that yeah. was 2008. You know, when I graduated, and then that just kind of, you know, had it had it in the back of my mind, and then. Uh, uh, I think after my experiences with the manic episode and the depression and the and the suicidal thoughts and the recovery. I started getting this compulsion that I really wanted to share this and that's why I'm so grateful for this opportunity today and mm. giving me the platform to do so and mm. I was like okay so I can I can get the message out there and share what's worked for me and all that stuff but let's go one step bigger why don't we live my truth and be unconventional and just basically <laughs> set up a, a shit hot adventure yeah. and predominantly use it as a platform to share my jo- share my journey but yeah. not not in a sense that it's all about me, yeah, but yeah. it's just, you know, for all these reasons that Love you it. appreciate yeah, is yeah. to give others permission to speak sure. up and normalize the conversation and all that, you know, just uh, try to encourage guys to talk and you know mm. show other people with bipolar that actually you can live life to the full with you know the love support and the, mm. all the people around you yeah. all that stuff. So I was like, I'm going to freaking do this. Yeah. So it was New Year's 2016. Uh, I'm lying in bed and I was like, I'm freaking going to do this. I-, I wanted to incorporate Italy. It had to be a big adventure. I was like, okay, Because that's where it all started, right? Yeah. 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 And I was like, okay, Rome. I was like, Rome, Rome, Rome to, Rome to, oh, Rome to home. It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a good hashtag. Yeah, hashtag Rome to home. <laughs> I was like, this is it. I'm going to commit to it. And I did. And so uh, I just told myself the only difference between me and the Dave Cornfoyts and the Dannys and the Jamie Ramseys and all these guys that's done these incredible adventures is they just decided to do it and they mm. committed to it. So I committed to it, started reaching out to fellow adventurers and mm. uh, now uh, a year and a half on from committing to the idea, which seems quite a long time. I'm now three months away from standing at the Coliseum. Bring yeah. it the fuck on, man. You're going to join me. <laughs> yeah, well, at that some point, 100% yeah, we'll get back. Um, what's, uh, and how does it feel to say that out loud? And uh, it feels good. Yeah, it does. It does feel pretty good. Um, you know, but it's been a it's been a team effort, Mark. You know, yeah. I couldn't be here if it wasn't for the the people around me. Yeah, I haven't done this all by myself. Sure. Um, you know, I can't wait to gleam your advice. You know, your mind on mindset yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. You know, I try to think that everybody can teach me something. So I feel I feel really excited. I feel proud yeah. of the position that I'm in. I like to think that I'm in a good place. I've got great people around me and. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a team. This is going to be a team effort. Yeah, it's. Let's talk about uh, the reality uh, of this journey mm-hmm. of of why you're also doing this. You're, you're doing this also, if I'm not mistaken, collaboration with Calm. Mm-hmm. Um, is it uh, something about keeping alive 
by by talking? Is it keeping men alive by talking? That's right. I think that's what it. Yeah. That's right. Um, because you know, I mean, I used to say, as you know, I used to work at yeah. the Murray Foundation, yeah. so you know, mental health was was a big topic for us, and we used to say that on average, you know. 13 I know you, I mentioned yeah, I've heard you said 12 and some but between 12 to 13 people men take their lives each day yeah that's right and there was a really scary statistic which was how many men were going to take their lives during your time of running mm-hmm. um what do you want to talk to men listening who are feeling down or feeling a bit blue and who are maybe potentially even considering taking their lives what would you like to tell them I think um it's talking is a really strong thing mm. to do mm. and <coughs> ev- everybody's suffering actually mm. guys listening to this i think everybody actually is suffering in one way or another and i was actually thinking about about this on the way over here and i guess if there is one singular message that i do want to get across to to guys in that extremely dark place mm. is that it is a gift mm to offer your friends and family the opportunity to help you. Mm. You're giving them mm. a gift. People, people want to help people. Yeah. And try and put yourself in the shoes of your family members. Wouldn't you like to help them if they were in such a dark place? Mm. Wouldn't you feel blessed if somebody came to you, your, your nephew, your uncle, your granddad, your, you know, your whatever, stepdad, whoever, your, your best friend? Wouldn't you feel honored, actually, mm. if, if they came to you yeah. and said, actually, Mark, I'm, I'm not doing too well. Can we yeah. go and have a pint? Can we go and just, I don't know, go and play some French balls, whatever yeah. it takes. Can we just go and have yeah. a chat? Yeah, yeah. And guys, it's all right to talk. I promise you. Yeah, and I think it's also all right not to know what to say. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think there's there's also this, um, you know, because because uh, you know, listening to the show, so I know you'll know this, but you know, so I went through a depression yeah. back in two thousand nine, and um, you know, starting <coughs> starting your own journey, starting your own business, also brings up all the ups and downs that come with it. You know, mm-hmm. there's forty eight percent of entrepreneurs have experienced mental health issues according to professor mm. campbell for the university of california and one in three you know have experienced depression so it's a real thing you know it's a real deal that you're constantly being yo-yoed around your emotions and you know for all that i'm always the one trying to open up the conversations getting people on the show to talk about it etc when i'm in that when i'm in that state i guess mm. where i'm feeling really shitty i'm not feeling well all this stuff I go in shutdown mode because mm. sometimes I don't even have the words, the right words to say to describe how I feel. And I think that that, that tends to be quite a big problem amongst the men who say like, I don't have the words to express how I feel mm. and therefore I'm going to bottle up. What would you like to th- say to that? Like, What would you like to like speak to when it comes down to not having the words to express how we feel? Yeah, I think um, that's a great, great question, and it's a, it's a tough one, really, because um, if I'm being completely honest, Mark, I was actually there in a, you know, really small way even yesterday, mm. actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been stressing over the cr- really crap, actually. You know, my website design and mm. social media, mm. um, you know, themes and all, all this rubbish, really. Yeah. And this it just been manifesting and manifesting, and I wasn't really sharing it. Yeah. And you know, I just said, oh, Georgia, I just need to, I just need to be with you for a while and just yeah. and she sensed you know that i didn't have the words mm. to articulate this shit that was just going around yeah. in my head yeah but at least she knew that i wasn't 
in a good place. Yeah. You know, so actually you don't need the words, guys. You don't mm. need the words, yeah. actually. And that's why I think sport is, is fantastic in adventure because you're, you're usually with other people and, uh, you know, you don't really have to talk. You yeah. don't really have to find the words, actually. Yeah. You know, just, uh, just, you know, letting your friends and loved ones know that you're actually, you know, I don't have the words right now, but can we just hang out? And if it comes, it comes, you know. Yeah, no, like that. Like my girlfriend um, did an art therapy course and I remember when Paul was going through a bit of a meltdown, she kind of literally got puppets out and like these toys and she was like, okay, do take these things and draw a seat next to it and it was incredible yeah. I was like what the hell are you doing and so I started taking like all these figurines and toys and I started building this scene and then she makes you talk about and she so she uses art and art mm. as, a, as, a, as a therapy really as a way for you to express things that you can't tell yeah. and it's so powerful it, yeah. it's really incredible and you know I guess this is a question I also asked Johnny I remember around being an advocate for men's health mm. does that sometimes stifle you from actually speaking about your own problems because you're meant to like be a bit more uh, your shit together. <laughs> you no, know, you're, you're supposed to mirror what it looks like on the other side. Yeah, the, you know. Yeah, do, do you know what? I'm actually. I think I'm getting better at being honest. Yeah. Um, and if I'm being really honest, even with the adventure coming up, you know, I'm a bit nervous about sure. it. You know, last night I was freaking stressed. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get better at being honest, actually. But nice, no, it's, it's a valid point. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be showing people the light. You know that you can go through swings and be positive. Yeah, but yeah. Actually, you know, we're all, we're all we're all in it together. Yeah, we really are. And, yeah. and actually, you know, just before we came on the show, guys, we were talking about the parallels between Mark's TED talk recently and your experiences leading up to yeah. that, and the stress that came oh with God. that, and how you probably did bottle up all oh. your. Yeah, yeah. You, you went through the turmoil, right? You went yeah, through yeah. the you went yeah, through yeah. grind. A hundred percent. I think <clears throat> I think you know if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna do a real TED talk, right? If you're like gonna do a real TEDx talk and you're gonna do it seriously, you're gonna do it the way that it's meant to be, mm. then it's one hell of an emotional roller coaster. Gina Barnett, um, who is the official TED TED speaker on the main stage, TED basically said it's almost like a full time job. But I thought she was joking, mm. but she's not. You know, for real. And I think there's also this disparity between people telling you, it's amazing, Dan. Like, oh my God, you're doing this great adventure. You must be so, you know. So there's this big hype and amazement that you're hearing from the external world that's mm. validating something that you crave. But really, sometimes you don't feel like that. And it's very awkward to actually say to people, it's great that I'm going to give a TEDx talk, but right now, I'm feeling like shit. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I feel like I'm a fraud. I feel like I haven't got this. I feel like I'm going to make myself a big Mac fool. Um... So yeah, 100%. I think you know, I would tell you almost if you're not worried about your journey in mm. August, then you didn't do the big you didn't do a big enough challenge. That's it. You know, if you if you kind of go, Mark, it's going to be a piece of piss. <laughs> I'm going to eating some, you know, what are the lovely stuff you brought back? Banana bread, chia seeds, and dates <laughs> with walnuts. You know, it's going to be you're as welcome. easy as that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody listening to this, you've got to understand that in front between Dan and I, there is this box with uh, pieces of this delicious. Uh, where did you get that from? Uh, just some, just some place out the road in Hampstead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, cool. many artisan yeah. bakeries. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. That's delicious, and and we're just going to be waiting to to jump on that. Um, so tell me, how can people get involved? How can people like you know? I want people listening to this to jump on their phones or on their website and and to come and and and, and support you. So where, where's the best place for them to go and check out? Yeah, thanks thanks so much for for asking. So my website's roamtohome.com with a to guys, none of that number 2 rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. roamtohome.com, yeah, yeah. <laughs> roamtohome.com. Yeah. You can follow me there. Catch me over on any social media channel at yeah. I am Dan Keeley. Yeah. Um, and if you guys are feeling generous and you want to contribute towards my fundraising target of 12,000 pounds in yeah. line with the staff 
chat of 12 guys a day yeah and please do Love head that. over to roamtohome.com slash donate um you would mean the world to me it yeah really i mean would, you can really expect would. a donation from me and anybody listening to this you know it'd mean a lot if you if you'd support um dan because i think you're doing something really amazing really really cool um you know we're coming to the end of, towards the interview and i've got a couple of questions random questions one of them is like uh what, what is what is one of your biggest fears about this journey what's one of the yeah, it's a, it's a good question. <coughs> yeah, just let the plane go over. <laughs> <laughs> Noisy planes going over my head. We've got dogs barking, people <laughs> eating food next to us. It's, yeah. just, it's just been one adventure yeah, already. The wonderful world of outdoor podcasts. <laughs> yeah. The biggest fear of the adventure, if I'm being completely honest, uh, sunshine has a, uh, an, uh, it can result in my mood escalating, actually. Mm. It is a thing. Uh, too much sunlight can, um, it, uh, it can, affects my mood it can, wow. it can start the vitamin d or nothing yeah really yeah wow yeah hence like italy that's why it kicks off and you know that's um yeah no it's a real thing okay so um but yeah i like to think you know after five years of you know all, all my experiences of the past five years i feel like i've got a good hold on it i've got no problems taking any, any extra medic extra medication to slow me down if i need to or stick in the shade for longer you know I've, i really feel like i've um I've got this, but actually that is one of my biggest fears is just keeping on top of my mood. And the thing I've got to remember is the bigger reasons why I'm doing it. This run isn't all about me. It mm. is sharing my story for mm. sure, but it's for everybody else and all you guys listening to this mm. it might be in a bit of a dark place. So I've got to keep those guys in mind the whole yeah. time. And if my mood is starting to escalate, then I've got to be so self-aware. I've got to check in with my friends, family, or my yeah. crew, my pit crew, as yeah. we're talking about, like yeah. Queen. Yeah, yeah. you know, just to keep my mood in check. But yeah, that's yeah. one of my biggest fears, but I feel like I've got a good uh, grasp on it. If, if I could record one message that you can speak into the microphone right now, that I could play in your ears and your moments of doubt and your moments of low when you're on this journey, what would you want to hear you say? <laughs> you got this. Yeah, Lewis Howes-esque. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> you know, three little words, three little words. And even at yesterday, there were some really yeah. powerful talks yeah, out yeah. there and people were stumbling halfway through and it's getting all emotional. Everyone said, you got this. Mm. You got this. And it's just 65 days. Yeah. You got this. Yeah, yeah. That would be much appreciated. I, I, I love that. Um, what is what is something you're grateful for? <sighs> Mark, I've got to be honest. Like, you know, you, you asked me, actually, I spoke at Yesterville last year, the yeah. incredible festival. And uh, I was explaining to you how just blessed and grateful I am for the life that I lead. Yeah. You know, I think um, when you go through such a... Uh, a dark state you know it was pretty much six months I didn't want to be here and two other um, significant occasions where I didn't want to be here anymore you come away from that so blessed and actually grateful for the opportunities you have around you and the people that you have in your life and all this stuff so I'm actually grateful for freaking everything Mark I'm grateful for this lovely comfortable microphone that sucks my beard <laughs> <laughs> the sunlight is it weird is it weird to see how it's done then yeah you've been listening to it yeah gonna... <laughs> I've got beard envy as well yours must be glued on <laughs> um, but honestly yeah, obviously it's the people I can yeah. say that but it, you know it's the opportunities to be in the times that we live in there's so much positivity going on out in the yeah. world you know to be in the times, the exciting times that we live in. You know, there is so much great stuff happening in the world. I know it might sort of not seem like it at the moment, sure. guys. We're in a bit of a funny time, but I'm just, I'm just grateful for my life, Mark, and the, yeah. pe the people are having it and doing your part and playing my part. Um, that I, I'm just so grateful that you reached out to me. You know, way back when, when you kind of going, look, I've been listening to your show. You know, I'd love, we need to connect. I'd love to come. And and I, and I was kind of like, you know, who's this guy? Mm. And sounds like he's got an interesting story, but like, come back to me closer when you get to this mm. to this journey. And I'm so glad you have. You know, you've been one of like the most 
you know, enthusiastic ambassadors of the show. You know, I love seeing your tweets out there. Mm-hmm. It just means so much to me when I when I get people like you kind of tweet about the show, um, and to hear just firsthand your story. And 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 we didn't really talk about this book that you brought along <laughs> with you. Um, what's this book? Yeah. So uh, describe this book for people who can't see this. Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you for the words, Mark. Mm. Honestly, thank you for the opportunity to be on the show. Everything about you, and you know, I'm just an advocate of positivity, and your show is all about living your truth. You know, positivity, that's what it's about. So thank you for that. Um, we, we do have a book in front of us, guys. It's actually um, the book that I believed I'd, I'd converted to be a New Age Bible fit for the modern world. And it's actually written by Ken Segal. The book is called Insanely Simple, The Obsession That Drives Apple's Success. When I was in Italy, I thought, wow, hold on. Apple are one of the most incredible organizations on the planet that there's ever been. Mm. Why can't I convert the same lessons for an organization to individuals on an individual level because they're so successful and happy as a brand Mm. why can't i apply that to the individuals and so basically look at it i freaking stripped it down to Mm. the bare bones stripping out anything that doesn't need to be in there and basically applying all these lessons that apple have learned over the years to um yes i'm just going to describe what i'm seeing so basically um dan dan's showing me a book and it's it's fascinating it's it's kind of um it's a book with lots of crosses everywhere in them. There's there's lots of notes and scribbles and um, I think I even saw like little kind of drawings or. or mm. uh, so uh, when you s- when guys, you s- it's actually yeah. I guess I guess this is just a symbol of yeah. uh, the creativity that comes when you're at the height of a manic episode. But like I said, it can be destructive. Mm. But you know, yeah, th- I think it's just a, a visual that I thought you'd appreciate, Mark. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And when you see this and you and and you kind of look at this book and you look at this, you know, can you see how far you've come? Mm. Yeah, actually, I guess, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know it's me. It's just incredible. Um, yeah, and just before I ask you the last couple of questions, yeah. I just want, I just want to, yeah, I just want to kind of finish before I go into the book, which is I'll put, uh, I'll put the uh, book on my tweet, uh, my uh, feeds, guys, as well. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Let, let's put it. Let's put in the show notes. I just want to say, uh, I just wanted just a heart thank you, really, just to say thank you for being brave enough. I know that sometimes it doesn't feel brave because it feels like it's necessary, right? But I still want to say thank you for having the courage to openly share your story with us, with other people, on your blog, on your YouTube channel, people need to go and check out your videos and your blogs and so forth. Uh, But also for being willing to put yourself on the line and put yourself at risks with certain, I feel really bad now because when the sun sun came over the shadow, Um, but to go out there and run for the 65 days, did Mm -hmm. you say? Yeah, 65 65 days days to try and raise awareness for a really honorable cause that we need to get people more aware of. And and there's a sentence that you said in the interviews that I love, which is something along the lines of, if I know that I've saved someone's life, then Mm. I know I've done a good day's job. Yeah. And I can't think of anything of anything more beautiful and, and more empowering than, than saving someone's life. So yeah, thank know you. and trust that what you're doing is saving someone's life out there. And you hang on to that and you hang on to that with your dear life and you keep running. My man. No? Yeah. Um, okay, so this is going to be a challenging one because you know these fucking questions. <laughs> 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 but um, no, I'll tell you one, which one, one of them would I, would I love and you've probably heard this before, but um, it's, one, it's one I don't ask that much, which is around if you could put a message in a bottle and you could throw it in the sea, and know that it would land in the hands of someone that needed to read it. What would the message read? Mm. Wow. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I think. Oh man, that's a tough one. I was not expecting <laughs> that. Oh my gosh. I'm just trying to picture somebody who'd pick up that bottle. I think I'd say something like, "Keep up the great work. You're doing great." 
because mm. the reason I say that is, is that was going to be my answer for the billboard question in Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> if you could put one message up there that everybody would yeah. read, it would be that message yeah. to keep up the great work, guys. You're doing great. Yeah. Because we're all good enough. Yeah. We're all struggling. We're all in it together. We're all doing our best. We're all good enough. Yeah. And so I'd just say, keep up the great work. Yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. Love that. Um, what does being unconventional mean to you? <laughs> Gosh. You I that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I really haven't thought about this one. <laughs> um, it just simply means living by this quote. And, uh, you know, this wasn't an answer prepared for the podcast. I've been living by this quote for the past 10 years. Yeah. It's when writing the story of your life, don't let anybody else hold the pen. Hmm. When writing the story of your life, don't let anybody else hold the pen. Life's mm. too short. Mm. I love that. Um, well, you know, it's coming, so it's coming. Uh, what's one thing most people don't know about you? <laughs> <laughs> don't, actually, I didn't prep that one. Um, uh, what's one thing? Oh, oh I, uh, Mark, I played the drums on stage with Green Day. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. What? Yeah, 2005, Brixton Academy. Yeah, Billy Joel was up there and Trey Cool. Yeah, all the rest of it. They, they're up on stage. That they call out for a Does anybody know story. how to play the drums? I got my mates to lift me up. And the man, I rocked it out on stage. Can, you, like, can you play drums? Yeah, I can play drums. I used to teach. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. That is so random. Yeah, it was wicked. <laughs> oh, damn it. It's been a genuine pleasure. Thank you so much. May this podcast and may your message go far and wide and all the very best for your upcoming adventure. And super proud of you, man, and super honored to be part of it. You're the man. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. I just love the fact that Dan shared his story. I've actually put a picture of the book that we described in the episode over on the show notes. So make sure you go and check that out on markdrews.com forward slash podcast. And I also want to give a big shout out to Steph Slack, who's been a huge supporter of this podcast and who's been crafting all the show notes. So you want to make sure you go and check out the show notes over on the podcast on theunconventionalist.com or marketers.com forward slash podcast, whatever these easiest, because she's really taking the time to pull out some amazing quotes and resources and so forth. And also she's running a live event in London for anyone who's thinking about starting their own business, they're starting their own business and they want to connect with people, just kind of, you know, bounce ideas and support each other and so forth. And she's doing a pop-up event in a pub in London. So you can check that out also in the show notes. Uh, I believe it's on the 27th of um, of June. I could be wrong, but the show notes will be below this episode anyway. So make sure you go and check it out. It's going to be an amazing event. 100% will be worth it. So make sure you go and check that out. And if you'd like to get in touch with Dan, as I mentioned, you can go and do that on his website, www.roamtohome.com. And if you'd like to donate, roamtohome.com forward slash donate. And he's also on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, and so forth under at I am Dan Keely. That's K-E-E-L-E-Y. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with one friend. That's the biggest compliment you can give me. And I always love to hear or see where you're listening to this from. So tag me in wherever you are and show a post or a photo on one of your social media. Tag me in and I'd love to see where you're listening to this from. Next week, we're probably going to have a soda round. If not, I've got two amazing guests that have come on from somebody inside really amazing story of how they're creating this sisterhood of women to empower them and give them a voice and it's just a phenomenal story so watch out for that episode coming out shortly and one last time thank you for listening to this episode thank you for taking the time out of your day 
to dedicate some attention to this podcast. It means the world to me. And I hope that our paths will cross and that we'll get to meet up at one of our live events coming up. Really, really excited about that. And I'll keep you posted about what's coming up. Until then, go out there. Do work that matters. Remember that it's not easy, but hopefully it's definitely worth it. And that sometimes, even though it feels really tricky, it's worth the wait. Thanks, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.